AJ and McCall drop the mic. Return after the holiday season, McCall. Yeah. Got intern Tidy Tim in with us, which works out perfectly. Uh, the three of us are the ones getting together on this podcast to talk about culture shock. Yeah, and the difference is uh, visiting different countries. Well, even just uh, states as well, which I think is interesting. We'll get intern Tiny oh, Tim yeah. obviously in on that too. But the countries one is a great one just because most recently. You know, Tim was in the Navy, yep. saw all the world. Yep. All of it. McCall, of course, very fundamental part of her character is the trip to Guatemala, very much shaped her. Yeah. And then last year, I got to go abroad for the first time. That's right. It's never happened before. So getting into it, I, I guess the first question you have to ask, right, is how uncomfortable were you when you first got there? Because I think that's what a lot of people are worried about, you know, the language barrier. Language barrier. They're not going to speak English. How's this going to work? How am I going to communicate? Yeah. Um, so for me personally, I wasn't so much uncomfortable with getting there. It was really, it was really quite interesting because before this point in time, I had only flown on a plane like once. And then I flew from Utah to Atlanta, from Atlanta to Guatemala right. and then Guatemala to like LAX and then back. But that was more so nerve-wracking to me. The flight was. The flight was. Really? Just because okay. it was such a long flight. And then we had like a six or seven hour layover. And so we were hanging out in the airport the whole time. And that sucked. But I remember like getting to Guatemala. And it was so interesting just because it was so different. Like the the we piled onto this bus and we were going around these like curvy roads and they were just like hot rodding this bus, you know, right. kind of nervous that you're going to fall off the edge of this cliff. Uh-huh. And it was just really cool because I have pictures of like the buses next to me. There was like a flatbed truck and there was like this guy that was laying in a hammock from like the top of it. And they were like sitting on, they had like weaved almost these chairs okay and so there were all of these like random rope chairs that were like sitting on the back of this flatbed truck it was so interesting because we're driving down through guatemala city and that's what we're seeing and then there's like trucks with like horses in the back or cows in the back like they're sitting there like baby cows and so they're like these little baby cows and people are like juggling machetes in the middle of the streets and stuff it was so neat that's what Aladdin? That's no what, it was so crazy it that, was so cool though that reminds me of when I went to the Caribbean that's how it was like people like it seems like everywhere else people use their horn to communicate as opposed to well communicate differently yeah so like in the yeah. Caribbean everybody because honks. the roads are so narrow they honk to let people know they're coming, coming. it's not exactly. like a warning yeah. it's not like a like oh my gosh you cut me off no. he's like honking I, I'm gonna turn up this right. hill and he honks before and then he goes well and that was what was crazy because through like Guatemala City obviously there are like lines in the road and you can figure out what what side of the road you're supposed to be right. on but like we got to Antigua which is more of a like it's kind of touristy but it's it's not uh, developed I don't know I don't know how to explain it they're cobble rock roads basically okay. and so people are driving down these cobble rock roads and people are parked on whichever side of the road they want and there's like basically one lane in the middle and so people are just like coming and going you kind of go on whatever side of the road you want to like if there's a car stopped because there would be cars stopped randomly in the middle of the road yeah. you just kind of go around them and then you just just do it like there it was so very interesting and then like the smell was different because they don't have like emissions down there and so it it was it was different and it was really crazy because they had all of these 
trucks, but all of these trucks were like, I want to say they were like Volkswagen trucks and like all of these crazy branded trucks instead of, I don't know. It was so interesting. It was just such an interesting thing. Like all of it was so cool. I miss it so much. So you mentioned the travel thing, because for me, when I flew to Italy, it was the longest plane flight that I had been on by right. far. It was like twice as long as I'd ever been on a plane, but right. that, that didn't bother me because I've flown a ton. Uh-huh. But for Ashley, it was only the second time she, third time, third time she'd been on a plane. Uh-huh. And the, we flew from Utah to Chicago. It was like three hours. Utah to San Francisco was like an hour. And yep. then you're talking you, All of Los time. Angeles to Barcelona, 10 hours. Yeah. For you, Tim, travel. I mean, yours, yours travel scenario is obviously different than ours. <laughs> just we a flew on a plane. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Travel so, bother you? You get used to it? Does it change? I got, I got used to it really fast. I love traveling. I love it. Road, air, all of it. It's awesome. Is it? How long is it? Just out of perspective, because obviously you're in the on the boat. Like from I don't know San Diego to wherever. How long are you on the boat till you get there? So usually we would do San Diego to Hawaii okay. anytime we start a, a deployment. That would take about two weeks. Holy day. You get stir crazy sitting just kind of, because I don't know, like, eh. I'm not a big boater. I haven't been on the water a ton. Not a well, big it's boater. A, it's a giant boat. So right. <laughs> it's a little bigger than your normal size <laughs> boat, so you got places to go on the boat. But no, you do. I mean, you you... You get to know the people on the boat. You build camaraderie. You you make sure you entertain each other. So, I don't know. I just adapted really quick to it. Okay. I was a special case because a lot of people did get a little stir crazy on the boat. I'd imagine. Yeah. Start thinking about how you're just surrounded by water constantly for two weeks, basically. I'd be terrified. This kind of freeing, though, also, because like I said, I'm... And it's funny because one of my irrational fears is like the deep ocean. Right. But I was in the Navy. Right. So it kind of didn't make sense. But when you're on like that big of a boat, you feel secure. You're not like freaking out. And the water goes on to the horizon. Awesome. And the sunsets. Awesome. Oh, I bet. And the stars at night because of no uh, light pollution. Right. Awesome. That's some scenery. I don't think I would... uh I Some think that would be cool. Right yeah, there yeah, you go, for McCall, sure. So just get on a boat, drive no. out in yeah. the middle of the ocean, and enjoy the drive pictures. Drive out in the middle yeah. of the ocean. You drive your boat out uh, in the middle I of the ocean. I don't know how well I would do with it, honestly. <laughs> I, I don't know how well I would do with it. When we were out, we were on like Lake Michigan, okay, which is the equivalent of not the ocean. <laughs> but we were out on Lake Michigan, and I was like, oh, hey, this is kind of neat. But after a little while, I was like, I'm bored. We were out there for like two hours. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But the thing about that's another thing about me is I don't get bored. I don't know why or how. I can entertain myself in that the most help. dire of situations. Yeah. So give me a coloring book and a rock. I'll figure it out. Oh yeah, that's fair. McCall, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you. So you mentioned obviously the differences between what you're used to here and when you get there. And for yeah. for me, that was something for like. So I've been to the Caribbean, and so I've kind of seen that and, and and didn't really bother me a whole bunch but like when we went to Italy it's it was the thing that got to me because my family especially my dad's side is really into history was the realization at f- first like how much older Europe was than the yeah. United States yeah like because I've been to you know some of the oldest parts of the country the east coast and I've right. been there and you're like those things are 
now slightly almost 250 years old and then you go to Europe and you're like this stuff's been around for six seven hundred yeah. plus years mm-hmm. yeah so that was a big thing but like everything is so packed and I, I don't know that like I went to San Francisco this past year and I, I think that would be the best way I would compare it like San Francisco space is so limited because the hills like everything's on top of everything right <laughs> and so like Rome and Venice especially Venice such a limited amount of space like everything's narrow, everything's on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and going from here, where everything's so much more open, right? We're not very jammed in here. The streets are wide. There's a right, lot of space. Right. You don't feel like cramped. That was, I think, something that was quite noticeable when I first got there because it just like everything is on top of you. Yeah, and like obviously we're we're traveling and there's tourists, and so personal space is less of a problem out right. of the United States. Right. Yeah. Um, in Guatemala. I remember when we were flying into Guatemala and it was really pretty because it was like, wow, look at all of these. It was just so green. Everything there is so green. And it was like, I'd look over and I'd be like, wow, this, like there's a forest below us and it's just beautiful. And there's this river. And as we started to like trickle, trickle into like Guatemala city, it was nuts because of how jam packed everything is. Basically just like little tin can houses that are just right next to each other everything is so compact and you look at it and as we were starting to descend into guatemala city it was like i looked out and i have so many pictures of it because it was like hills of just houses just so tightly grouped together it was just nuts to me and we ended up spending most of our time in like antigua uh we went just outside of guatemala city for one of the days that we were there but Majority of the time was spent in Antigua, which is very interesting because of the the way that the the housing is done in Guatemala is that the rich people live in the valleys and the poor people live in the mountains instead of like in Utah, it's completely vice versa. If you're rich, you live up on the bench. And if you're poor, you live in the valley. Well, the the way that they do it in in Guatemala is because of uh, they call it the canicula, I think. Am I saying that right? Do you know? I have no idea. Um, Asking the wrong person. <laughs> uh, anyway, it it's like like the rainy season, and okay. uh, they have mudslides, and so these homes that are up in the mountains oh, end yeah. up sliding, and so all of these yeah, these homes that are up there slide, and so then there's there's constant rebuild basically of all of these homes. And so it's it's very interesting because you go up into the into the mountains and we spent a lot of time up in the villages um, around Antigua. And as we were walking around, there were homes that that had had the mudslide just earlier that year. And wow. it was crazy to see just just these homes. And it was nuts because we went into a couple of different homes and we spent some time. Uh, we went on like a missions trip. And we spent some time in in homes uh, throughout that area. And as we were walking in, and I just I remember there were so many people that we'd go in. And I remember one lady's home specifically. It was just like tin on the outside, and then you know that like green corrugated fiber. It's not like fiberglass, but it's it's like a like a plastic that you use on roofs. Right. Yeah. I think I yeah. So it's like a cheaper plastic. And I remember she had that and that was like her skylight in, in her home so that she could have some light because they didn't have any light. And then the floors were dirt 
and uh, there were like chickens walking through the kitchen and everything. And I remember her just talking about how grateful she was for her home because like before that she was living underneath like a tree and she's like, I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful because I have so much. And it was just a very interesting perspective because a lot of the, we were with a lot of like younger kids um, in, in, it was a church that I had gone with and we were with a lot of the younger kids. And so it was interesting because these kids were getting this perspective of, wow, we really are so blessed. We have so much right. in comparison, but I, I, I can't even express like she had these chairs and they were like folding chairs kind of that were just made out of like wood and sticks. And, and that's what we sat on. We didn't, there weren't like couches or anything like she had made these chairs and so a lot of us just stood because there were only like five chairs. But it was it was amazing because of because of that, because I I don't know. The architecture of everything around Antigua was just very beautiful because in town it was gorgeous. Everything was gorgeous. They had a lot of old uh, there was like an old monastery that was like right in the middle of town. And it was just beautiful. And, you know, you get up into the villages and stuff, and then you're in these little shanties. Right. It, it was very interesting. Tim, have you traveled internationally as a civilian? Yes. Okay. Actually, recently. Uh, so what is to what was the difference in your experience going around, like, in Navy going port to port versus traveling internationally as a civilian? Oh, boy. Is uh, it easier to do it as a, as a member of the military or no? What happened? Is it much? Is it easier to travel? Absolutely, ten yeah. times easier. The ship takes care of everything. You don't do anything. You you do the legwork of the ship. You you know uh, you dock it, import, and then you get off. That's it. But I mean, once you're among like a foreign country and foreign people, was do you feel like the attitude towards you was different as a civilian oh, than as, as as military personnel? When you're, when you're a sailor overseas or any military for that matter you're a you're a high diamond for people <laughs> in other countries they see american they see the the little low cut haircut they they're like ooh cha ching <laughs> so they everybody tends to you like the when they know you're military like, oh oh come come and everyone's nice and everyone yeah. treats you good and they're just you know they're trying to get the money yeah right but it Nonetheless, it was a great experience being military because I'm willing to spend my money. Right. <laughs> so it's funny when we were in Barcelona, uh -huh. actually, and and uh, when we were at the Vatican too. I a lot of people see. I see some people. I think seem to just ignore us. I don't think we made a whole lot of ruckus that that drew uh, people's attention to us. But like there were people on the subways in Barcelona, especially was at a much more advanced system than Rome, than Italy did when it came to the public transportation. Like, there are people that stared at us. Like, my sister-in-law and, and my girlfriend noticed it. A lot of people stared at us. A lot uh -huh. of people had comments under their breath. And then I remember specifically went to the Vatican, and the way the Vatican works is the only way to get into the square is you have to go through the museum. There's a museum you have to go through first. Uh -huh. And so we had a tour group because it was supposed to be faster. And there was a couple in our tour group that for whatever reason, I don't know if they had bad experiences with Americans in the past, but they were they were saying under their breath, but not saying under their yep. breath. Like it was quiet, but it was loud enough so anybody yeah. could hear mm -hmm. disparaging comment. I and I, they're speaking Italian, so I don't know, but you could you could make out the word Americans. Yeah, and they would say that over and over again. And I was like, 
I was like, I get it. Maybe, maybe you don't like tourism, and there were signs people graffitied place that they didn't care for tourism in both Spain and Italy. But right. like, like we aren't doing anything, right? Like in that same tour group, there were people that asked us why we were wearing sweatshirts and hats because it was like forty degrees that day, and we're like, ah, oh, it's kind of chilly. Like I don't know what. And they're like amused by the fact that for some reason to them it wasn't cold but to us it was yeah which that didn't i didn't get that for the most part because like cold is cold to different people right like here right. that's just, just what it is there's always that one person right that wears short sleeves and shirts in this kind of weather this winter weather right and no, you, you kind I of poke so. fun at them but like that's not an international thing that's like if some people are cold some yeah people that's are not. just how it is like yeah. end of story mm-hmm. there's yeah that's that's interesting that's really interesting you know, I noticed a lot. I don't know if you you noticed it very much because where you were in a more touristy area, yes. obviously yes, lots and lots and lots of tourists. Um, that's kind of how it was with with Antigua and uh, Guatemala City. Very touristy, you know. So the people that were like juggling machetes and stuff right, throughout, they were they were walking by for tips, you know. Walking yes. by to, yeah, to see if you would tip Rome them. Rome had a street ton of street performers. Yeah, the street performers, ton exactly. Of street performers and in Rome. Uh, as you were going around, you would go around like the the marketplace, and they would have a bunch of just stuff, like a lot of a lot of like for sale stuff, kind of farmers marketish yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. style. Can I just say, and, as you and, mentioned that, and I thought uh-huh. we went to one in Rome that I liked a lot. Like, it had everything. It had a yeah. restaurant that had chocolate and yeah. fish. Yeah, well, and that's and how I know like, that we the do farmers market was. here. But I feel like internationally, there's just something different about marketplaces. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of countries, you could bargain with them. You exactly. Can't do that. And that's yeah. what it was. There was, a, there was a whole the, bunch of. A bunch a of. Yeah, like haggling that yeah. was done, mm-hmm. and it's like they they know because you're American and they know that you're you're from a different country. You're tourist. You're traveling. Uh, they can get high dollar. Yeah, from you. Yeah, and there were a couple of different markets that we went to because there was one specifically that that they would open up. Um, there was like a a bunch of random like food places around this market right. and it was just the town square area um we actually went back there towards the night and it was absolutely nuts as we were walking around at night because there were so many people that had been there that had been selling their goods that just were sleeping there like they were just sleeping on the street because they didn't have have a home or anything to go to and so they were sleeping on, like on top of their their stuff and then they would walk around and and it was it was very interesting just very very interesting they had a lot of like street performers at night they had a lot of like concerts and and things like that um as we were walking around but the the markets that's what i noticed was that you could basically haggle that was whatever the you had part. yeah, yeah so I fun stuff i didn't even want just because right. i got it down got to a, the right i got i got a super that. good <laughs> painting and that's that's what happened i got a super good painting that probably would have been Oh gosh, four or five hundred dollars here, yeah. and I think I got it for like twenty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> it was nuts. Did you have? And I'm curious, Tim mentioned this too, and I know Tim travel a lot, so both your opinion on it. But did you have any bad experiences in the market? Because like in Rome, there were these people that um, were going around, and they were, I guess, I think they were African, and they were trying to hand out bracelets. Yeah. And the first time I, you know, whatever, he put it on me, and then he wanted he, he wanted a donation, and I wasn't carrying cash. Yeah. And I said, I don't have cash, and he wouldn't take it back. Well, later we met another group of them, so that was when we were seeing, um, there was a big building, I can't think what it was called, uh, the, there's a big building we went and saw, and then we went to the Coliseum, and we left, there was a group of them, 
And it was the same people, and they started off with the same lines that the other one was, and I was like, I'm not interested. And like, I got scratched because they were they were grabbing and everything, and like, a, several people in the group that I traveled with had bad experiences with them because they were overly aggressive, and like, there was some shoving involved because they wouldn't. They're like, no, we're not interested. And they wouldn't yeah. take no for an answer. And, yeah. and I've run into like that's not the street thing is not a street vendors is not a, necessarily an international thing. I've run into them here, but I was shocked at how aggressive they were. Like, they were very physically aggressive mm-hmm. on top of being yeah. persistent. Yeah. Did you have uh, any bad experiences in Guatemala? Uh, I didn't have any, like, bad experiences along those lines. There were a lot of people that were obviously kind of pushy. Yes. But you get that when you go through the mall. Yeah, no, I, you no, know? I agree. And there's, there's a lot like that, but I never got any sort of, like, bad experiences. Uh, when we were walking to the Mercado, we were walking on one of the, one of the really busy streets, and... Um, Guatemala at the time, Guatemala still has a lot of really bad corruption in in the government, uh, politically speaking. Right, and there's a lot of there's a lot of scary things uh, in Guatemala, and that was one of the big warnings that they told us. So just to backtrack a little bit on this. When we very first got to Guatemala and we walked to the square, there was a bank, and I don't remember what the bank was, but there were people outside. They were holding the AK-47s. like they, They're just out in the street holding these guns, right? right? Which, that's just how it is, you know? And we we were just like, whatever. It's it's not... Obviously, we're, we're uh, guests here. And so we we knew that, but we also know how dangerous it is because, like, for, uh, like, sex trafficking, very, very high in Guatemala. It's a very high high thing to be worried about. And so as we were walking, we weren't allowed to go anywhere unless there were at least five people and at least two adults. And I was considered, like, an adult at this point in time, I guess. But we we would walk around, and we walked to the Mercado, and I remember as we were walking, that was more so our worry because there was a lot of very uh, – it was just a very dangerous – uh, place that we were going through. We we're going through kind of a sketchy part of town. Right. And we were walking, and I remember we were walking, and there was a, a car that had driven by, and they drove really slow by us, but there was one girl that wasn't really, like, paying attention, and we, we kind of all had this, like, worry that, that the car, because they had seen it happen before, was just going to, like, pull up. It was a van, and pull up, open the door, grab the girl, and go, because that was kind of just a worry of everybody. Because it was very much, you need to stay in your group, you need to stay close, because of the place that we were at. And that, walking around the marketplace, uh, it was kind of, kind of sketchy, but it was more so sketchy in in the the sake of making sure that you had, like my my purse that I had, my my purse was a cross right. cross bag that hangs yeah. it was like right on my chest so i it wouldn't go anywhere right um but that was more so the worry rather than uh people being pushy with with sales we had a couple of people that were kind of like hey you should buy this but then you just kind of like walk off bird box challenge them yeah exactly <laughs> tim bad marketplace experiences and for that matter any any scenarios in which you felt unsafe for me i've done a lot of tourist places so i'd can't say that we ever were somewhere where we're like, eh, we feel like there might be something shady going on. Yeah. Uh, bad experiences. Not really. I've seen it to my other friends where they're really pushy on them. But yeah. for me personally, I never had a problem. Uh, sometimes it would be really pushy. But what I would do is I would completely ignore them. It wouldn't be like, no, thank you. None, none of that. It'd just be like, you're not there. Right. You know, tunnel right. vision. And... Um, 
there's this one time we were in South Korea mm-hmm. and you know, South Korea and North Korea beefing. Right. right. Good. Right. Uh, we, I was doing some training on the ship. I was on duty and they, I was going through with one of the guys and he was training us about what if the lights, the power goes off on the ship, this, this, and that. As soon as he said that, the power on the ship went out. Oh gosh. So when the power on the ship goes out, there should be no reason for that. So it was a security alert and you would go arm up just in case right. if you're on duty. I went straight to the armory. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I'm not taking no chances. We're in South Korea and the power went off on the ship. Never happens. But that was about it. Other than that, I mean, oof. Yeah. Countries after countries. <laughs> that was a good time. Uh, going back to language, right? Because you talk about culture shock and traveling. I think language is one of the first ones because like, that's what... To be honest, I was sort of concerned about because, like, I we were like, okay, how are we going to communicate? And then, in my experience, in Rome and Venice and Barcelona, right, it really wasn't that difficult. Uh, a lot of people at least spoke at least some semblance of English, and I think it has to do with all the tourism. And so it was relatively easy to communicate. I don't feel like there was ever a situation where we found ourselves kind of stumped. It just was, took a little bit slower. That's that was, I think, the more interesting thing to me. I think I have a lot of patience, so it just took more patience than normal, but I don't think it was something where we're like, okay, you don't get what I'm saying. How am I going to figure this out? Like, can I sign language it? Right. But I would imagine you had maybe slightly more challenges in Guatemala with language. Um, I, I didn't really have that many problems with it. I, the group that we were with was, was very good. Um, we had somebody that, that spoke Spanish and, uh, we had, what was the other one? Catch a kill in each group. And so each group consisted of like five people basically. Gotcha. And so it was like, we always had somebody that could, that could speak Spanish and we all kind of were learning how to speak it together. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't really that hard. I wish, I wish I would have learned how to speak it before we went down there. And see, we kind of, so, you know... It was hard. Spanish and Italian aren't far off, and so I know basic Spanish picked up some when I was in New Mexico. And so, like, when we were on the trip, we learned some basic words, please, thank you, a few of the numbers. Right. Basic stuff like that to make it a little bit easier, but, yeah. See, and I, like, I could understand what they were saying. That's the thing, is that, like, I can keep up in a conversation. I can understand what is being said. Yeah. I can't, I can't create the words though like i cannot create the sentences i don't conjugating is literally the worst thing in the history of ever like i hate it but i i want to learn how uh to speak spanish that's one thing that i want to learn and the next time that i go to guatemala i will speak spanish gotcha down there tim i imagine much easier in the military right probably have people that help you out when it comes to communicating Nope. No. All, all on your own. You just go out there with your Liberty buddy. Good luck. <laughs> Make it back to the ship before it leaves. It was a good time. That's the best way to live life. Adventurous. Well, they always say that one of the things everyone should do is go somewhere where the, your language is not the main language and yeah. figure it out. It was a good time. Figuring f- half of the fun was figuring out how to get where, how to do what, where to go, all of that stuff. That was like half the fun. Yeah. See, I feel like your experience is definitely vast, not vast, maybe a little bit more. I think yours is a little bit more different than McCall's and vastly different than mine because my international travel has been vacations. Right. And so, like, I've did the Caribbean, I went with my mom, 
that was a little bit more loose space, but it was, you know, it was a tourist place, so it wasn't difficult at all. And then, like, for Italy, I went with my brother, who had almost planned out most of the vacation ahead of time. And so mm-hmm. there wasn't any of that, like, you know, he had to pull up his phone and figure out how to get us to places, but it wasn't really anything where, like, all right, well, let's figure this out. Like, we're winging it on our own today. Yeah. Right. There was not really any of that. Oh, we didn't have phones either. Okay. So this is not no cell phone. Usually when you leave for deployment, you cut your service, and it wouldn't make sense to get a cell phone for each country you go into for three days. Right. right. So we just go and map paper maps. We're talking, <laughs> yeah. How would you handle that, McCall? <laughs> okay. I think it'd be okay, but that that's that's the, when they talk about traveling to a country, just like here you go. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's what to, it is. That's the way to do it. It was. Oh man, it was a blast. So that effect. Rejoin the navy. <laughs> <laughs> so when you traveled then as a civilian, is did you do it more so like that? Did you do it more free base, like you're just going to wing it, or did you do it a little bit more planned out? Since that you know, one you had was a little different. That? Well, I hardly plan anything out. Uh, I just kind of <laughs> <laughs> been winging life this far, been getting me somewhere. So I'm doing Fair something, enough. doing something right. But uh, for I went to Japan as a civilian after. So after I got out the navy. But so two things behind that. One, I have, I've had already been to Japan before for okay. three weeks. Gotcha. And two, the person I was visiting in Japan lived in Japan, which was my buddy. He was stationed out there. Okay. So he knew where everything's at, and he was stationed out there for four or five years. So I wasn't. There was really no getting lost. I gotcha. He was like there when I came off of the plane. Thank, oh. Thank the Lord, because <laughs> I would have got lost. But yeah, he was riding right out there waiting for me and then took me back to his house in Japan, which is tiny, little bitty, bitty, bitty house. Right. And uh, just stuck it out with him the whole time. Gotcha. Me, him, and our other best friend. I'm hoping Asia's are my family's trip this year. I'm hoping Japan. We haven't picked where we're going yet. That'd be just cool. know we're going to Asia. So the funny thing is, so this this podcast on, is on culture shock because all three of us have been lucky enough to travel a plethora of places outside of the the country, and this I is feel a like plethora. O-conus. I've been to I went to Guatemala one time. I, the three of well, us collectively. Combined. The three of us combined. <laughs> okay, but I feel like for the most part, it didn't seem like any of us really suffered from culture shock. Well. Hmm. I say that. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, there was you know you have a little anxiety going someplace new, but once we were there, yeah. I wasn't really worried about it. I think mine was much more structured, so that was a big factor. I don't recall yours. I think was a little bit more loosely based. You were not so much in a touristy place, but yeah. it seems like you were fine. Yeah, I I I credit a lot of my being fine to the people that were around right. me, and I did some research also uh, before I went down there, but smart i don't know there was one (laughs) there was one morning my very first morning there basically i got up and i remember just being like totally overwhelmed while i was there like i i we had just gone over i had gotten like a crepe at the in the village they had made these like really delicious like crepe things Uh and that's where i had what i had had for dinner that night before we went back to the hostel uh we had uh, a cook her name was blanca and i loved her and so she took care of all of our food and i got up in the morning before really anybody got up uh the sun came up really early down there the sun came up at like three o'clock in the morning or something wow Wow. and so i got up at like three o'clock in the morning i went upstairs 
up on our on the roof and I drank some coffee and I just kind of sat and watched the sun come up because there were uh, three volcanoes that were surrounding the area. And so it was just very like, oh my gosh, I was so overwhelmed being there and looking at the houses and looking over and seeing the the monastery over there and, and just being like, holy cow, like just overwhelmed. And I think that was more so, I don't know. I don't know. That whole day is kind of a blur to me, that very first day, because that was the day that we went up into the village and we went up and we walked around and we went into the houses of some of the people that were up there. And just seeing it all was very overwhelming to me. Sensory overload. It was very, very much so. And it was very, I remember sitting in one of the, one of the homes and just like crying I just remember like sobbing while I was in there and we we got out and left and we we went back to the to the hostel and I just went back up and I sat up on the roof and just like took it all in again like it was so I don't know how to explain it it was such an overwhelming day for me it was so good though and then I was good then I was like, okay, this is what it is. But it was so overwhelming. Like my heart was so full and uh, my soul was so full. And it was like a super spiritual experience for me. Like it was just very, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. How about a different kind of culture shock, Tim? You and I both are not originally from Utah now, live here. Yeah. And I think that for me, like my first move away from home, I didn't go anywhere for college. I stayed at home moving to New Mexico. That I think if I was to say there was culture shock in my life, it was that. It was the... And it was more so just the the being alone. Like there was moving somewhere new, somewhere I didn't know, learning all the places, you know, learning the streets and all that, oh, trying yeah. to get it wrong. But then mm-hmm. I'm by myself. This is it's just me figuring it out. <clears throat> I think the Navy really conditioned me for that one because when you, you know, so I joined, I'm from Florida, everybody. Right. I was born in New York, lived there for six years, moved to Florida. So I was raised in Florida, you know, Floridian born, uh, bred, I mean. And, um... <laughs> So from there, I went to Chicago where uh, boot camp was, Great Lakes, Illinois. Okay. Uh, not a whole lot of freedom. So I still got to experience Chicago, obviously, on weekends and go out, whatever, but we still lived on base. Right. So that was that. And then from there, I went to Virginia Beach and then met a whole new mess load of new people all over again. Mess so I, I, I just, you know... I kept going somewhere and you meeting new people, going somewhere and you not knowing anyone. Right. But at the same time, the Navy's structured to where, you know, it kind of has like a little cradle on you. So you're yeah. not totally falling off. But from there, I went to California. That one was a big one. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then I was out there for four years. The biggest, the funny thing about all of this is after all of my years in the Navy, the biggest culture shock was coming to Utah because- Utah was the move where, all right, I'm out of the military. Right. I'm solo dolo, no job, nothing, you know. So they they interviewed me, gave me an offer. I knew nobody out here. Right. Nothing. And I was like, yeah, why not? Let's go for it. And I changed my mind. I told my mom because I was supposed to come back home and do college. But when I got the job, I was like, hey, mom, I'm moving to Utah. She's like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. That's, Sorry. That's kind of how both my other radio jobs went. They were kind of quick, and I was like, by the way, I'm leaving the state. See ya. Yeah. That's the way to do it, though. I love it. My family would disagree, but. <laughs> I 
I grew up in Utah. McCall, what about you in terms of, you know, we've been lucky enough to go to those conferences. So you got, we went to Atlanta and then we went to Chicago. Uh, that was different. It was crazy to me. It's so interesting because I did grow up in Utah. Um, I've lived here my whole Forever. life. I lived in Vernal for a little bit, which, by the way, is very interesting. It's such a different place right. uh, from the rest of Utah. Like right. Vernal is like the wicked stepchild that is like banished off to the corner of the universe. <laughs> and uh, it was very interesting out there. Just very, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Very closed off. Um, but going to Atlanta was amazing. It was interesting to be there because we were in Buckhead, which is like a super fancy part of Atlanta. And we're like walking around. And I remember Dustin and I were walking down the street and we decided to stop and wait for our turn to cross the street because, you know, when the light says don't cross, it means (laughs) don't cross or you'll get hit by a car. By that, you mean a freaking G-Wagon. So we're looking and we decided we were going to count how many like lackluster cars there were on this light cycle Uh right before we could go we got two lackluster cars and the lackluster cars were like a corvette and like a like a camaro or something my brother and we were like holy crap (laughs) my brother didn't live in buckhead but he lived near he lived in uh, sandy creek georgia which is near Uh buckhead and my favorite thing is he's like you know how fancy this area we live in they sell they have a piano store not a store where you could just happen to buy pianos a store where you just pianos that's all you can buy is pianos You know, it was just very, it was very fancy. It was a very, very uh, nice area of town. I was really impressed with it. The food was all really good. Um, Everything was just nice. Like, it was just nice. It was clean. It felt clean. Like, it felt really nice. Then we went to Chicago, and it does. It wasn't. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. We were still in a nicer area of we Chicago. We were in a nicer area of Chicago, but it was just so different. Like, the two areas comparatively i i i did not do a ton in chicago uh ashley had a lot of time to herself which was i th- i was slightly concerned and she was too because you know the first three days we're there we're busy we go to all the conferences you're busy eight to five and uh she for those two days wandered chicago by herself and loved it it's been one of her favorite places we've visited thus far so it was pretty. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really nice. The buildings were beautiful. Like I was, I was very mesmerized. Uh, yeah, it was very interesting to look yeah. at all of the buildings. I love the architecture of places, though. Like everywhere I go, that's always something that I'm, I'm very intrigued by is yeah. the architecture. And that, like in Vernal, I would walk around and I would look at like all of the old buildings that were there because there was one building uh that used to be the it used to be called the bank of vernal and it was i think it's a zion's yeah it's zion's bank now but it was carved out of like rock that they had gotten from like salt lake and they had to transport it like it was it was very interesting and just the architecture of different places is cool to me my favorite comment from Ashley about the Chicago trip was, I'm surprised at how many people have dogs here. And I, I was know. Like, Why? It's a big city. Everybody moved here by themselves. Of course they have a pet. Well, it was very, it was interesting to me because, I mean, I've never been really to like big cities, bigger cities. This is like Atlanta and Chicago are the bigger cities that I've been to. I went to, I went to, uh, to San Antonio and that was like the first big city that I had ever been to which is big yeah Yeah. but walking around in Chicago 
I feel like it was still different than when we were in Atlanta because when we were walking around in Atlanta, there weren't as many people walking dogs. But in Chicago, everybody well, was literally walking a dog. In fairness, we weren't in Atlanta when we were in Atlanta. So you said Buckhead, right, so we it's out of Atlanta, Buckhead. but we were in Chicago. Yeah, and we were like right downtown in Chicago. And so it was very, it was interesting to me also just because of that. Um, that perspective. I'm not surprised that so many people have dogs, you know what I mean? But it's very interesting because of the dynamic that I'm used to. Like, my dogs run around my backyard. Right. Like, I've never had the thought, oh, I need to go take my dog out on a walk because all I have to do is let my dog out in the backyard, yeah. throw the ball for a little bit, and they're exercised. Like, yeah. I don't need to go take my dog for a walk ever. They just get to exercise in my homes that I've lived at. Yeah, yeah. Tim, for Utah, I don't know if it's been the same for you. I don't think it's so much. It, there was culture shock getting used to obviously a new area, but for me, the biggest thing is is not so much the people like being in this environment. It's people who haven't been in this environment and answering questions because everybody has the same like six questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like yeah. here, I feel like I haven't had any problems. It's like living anywhere else. It's been nice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a smaller town. I love it here. Yeah, but that's another thing is uh, a lot of my buddies from the Navy. When I told them I was going to Utah, they're like, "You're going to Utah." <laughs> You're not going to survive a week because of how crazy I was in the military and how populated everywhere we went was. Right. But they don't realize I grew up in Ocala, Florida, which is the boonies. It's less, it's like more remote than Logan. And pe- gotcha. And we, I mean, where I live, the nearest Walmart was half an hour each way. Ooh, rough. Like there's two Walmarts. Both of them were half an hour away. The mall is half an hour away. Um, shops and all that also half an hour away and not that many. It was, you know, really, really, really small town. So when I came here, it was perfect because it wasn't too small, like back home, but it wasn't San Diego packed. It was just, just right. No, I agree. It's what the, when my parents visited the first time, they said the same thing. It was a it's a small town that doesn't really feel like a small no. town. It yeah. feels bigger than it is. It's like a mini city. Yeah. 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 Mini said. city is like the perfect way to explain it. So McCall. So AJ. For the next time you international travel, for traveling in general, what would be your one tip to avoid culture shock? I don't know. Like I really don't think mine I don't think was necessarily culture shock. Uh when I went to Guatemala, mine was more just like an overwhelming um, yeah, I wouldn't classify yours as culture no, shock. No, mine was more overwhelming. Like culture shock, like I would was, say, like you feel like out of place, fish uh, yeah, out of water. Yeah. Like you're uncomfortable all the time. Yeah. And I just wouldn't, that's not how I classify oh, That's I what classify you mean by you. culture shock. I never felt that in my life. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I don't know that any of us yeah. really experienced it. Um, I think one of the things that I just, I always research before I go places. Smart. Like I always do a lot of research and I always do like I'll drop myself in on a Google Maps location so that I can kind of understand what's what to expect. Yeah. Um so I guess I I guess I could recommend that. I guess I could recommend uh for Guatemala when we went there the week before, well, it was probably two or three weeks before we went to Guatemala. We had to basically detox and do only um, raw foods. Right. Only, nothing that was processed. We couldn't have anything that was processed because all of the food there is farm to table. And it was, that was something that we had to, I had to adjust to. And so I, like, there were a lot of people down that went, that got so sick because they didn't. And that was, 
that was something that we had to adjust to. But I think that I kind of mentally prepared to go down there too. Like, I think it was something that I kind of like took some time and breathed it in and just, I don't know, cleared, cleared my mind of everything before yeah. I went down there. Tim? I think uh, keep an open mind. Definitely. Don't Definitely. fight anything. No. Go with the flow. Yeah. I say just don't over-anticipate, don't over-prepare. Just like blank everything out and go there. We're all humans on the same earth. Yep. Just go with it. And everybody's struggling with their own things too. Yeah. Like that doesn't change. Everybody has has their own problems too. Yeah, no, I, I like both of yours. Tim is more along the lines of what I was going to say. It was the open mind. Like for me, it was mm-hmm. just, you know, Take a deep breath. Yeah. And just be patient. Yeah. Like, because it's not like anybody wants to make your life a pain in the butt. Right. Have fun. Yeah. Oh, That's so much it. fun. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That was my motto. So, I, I think we're all prepared to travel again. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm already, I would love to go. I'm already planning. <laughs> well, I'm planning for boot camp, hopefully. Yeah. See so, this has been uh, a return of Drop the Mic. Happy to have it back. Thank yeah. you, Intern Tiny Tim, for jumping yeah. in with us. Yeah. This has been AJ and McCaw. Drop the mic on Culture Shock.